Welcome to Japan according to Akio. Everything you wanted to know or didn't think you needed to know about Japan. With me, your host Akio, living in Japan since 2004 and giving you the lowdown on what it's like to live in and around Tokyo. Yo everyone, oh we are here for 104. If you check the time on this episode, you can see it's a doozy, it's a long one. Uh, I mean, good. I, I go off a little bit. I get a little bit riled up, and um, with a few different articles that were talked about, and of course, we get into the Carlos Ghosn situation at, at the at the tail end, and I give my take on it.、Uh, if you have any questions about it, please、uh, send me a message. But before that, the main thing is these two articles, and I give kind of a flip side to some points I've heard before living in Japan, and、uh, I think it's, it'll be quite insightful. Uh, and hopefully, give you some, a frame of reference to kind of approach a, lo- a lot or some of the content you see online about Japan. So, all right, y'all, enjoy. Hello again, everybody. Hello, welcome to episode 104 of Japan Going to Akio.、Uh, hopefully, my voice doesn't sound different. I had to. I think in the previous episode I mentioned that I was my, I've been migrating a bunch of files and stuff、um, or my settings on my, on, on my laptop. So hold on, testing, testing. Sorry, sorry. I just pushed a button. Okay, that was a bad idea. <laughs>、um, no, like, yeah. So I've been just like migrating, doing a bunch of stuff, trying to get my settings and everything all right. And、uh, I have a Mac and basically, I set up a separate profile just to keep my laptop segregated. And、um, <coughs> I couldn't really figure out how to transfer my original settings. So I'm starting from scratch on GarageBand and I'm a little bit nervous about it. I had to, if you listen carefully, actually, I was thinking, debating whether or not I tell you guys, but whatever.、Uh, I, I had to redo the intro for the podcast because. So, it might sound a little bit different if you listen carefully, just because,、um, again, like it's Apple. So, I, of course, I couldn't import another file. It was, whatever, it was just a mess and, and it was getting late. And I was like, let me just, it's, it's like 15 seconds. Let me just re record it. You know, so if you're like, that's not the fucking original audio, like, hey, you know, I've re recorded it before. So,、um, you know, but no, we have a doozy. We got an action packed episode for you. A lot going on, a lot of stuff I haven't talked about. Um, in the previous episode, I alluded to the Carlos Ghosn situation. You know, we're going to talk about this. Like, I've done,、uh, I basically,、uh, I, I'm like, I'm like I got so much to say. <laughs> Talking to Japanese people, going through、um, Japanese media, foreign media,、um, some insider Japanese information as well. Talking to getting the consensus from a few different other Japanese people and just my own two cents on how I see the situation. I got, I got my own personal breakdown of it, you know, whatever the fuck that means is worth to you. I'm going to give it to you.、Um, it, it, of course, you know, you know how I do. So, but、um, before that, I have again two articles. Two, two things if you check the links in the profile. Of course, we, we have to get to.、Uh, we got a bunch of shit to do, actually. Because, yeah, we have to get to、uh, product review 
and our feature product for this episode and a couple of a couple of topics I'm gonna just clean up and then and then we'll get to the main event. The main event. Right? Alright. Mm. Good thing for you guys, I'm drinking wine. Um bad thing is getting kinda late. Um good thing though, I well no, I probably gotta wake up early, so <laughs> that's a bad thing. But whatever, you know. Um I'm gonna of course give you as much as I can while I can do it. So Let's just get started. Let's get into it. First off, let's get the product review out of the way. Of course, Sakura Mart, uh, please use the link in the um, fucking description to buy a bunch of shit on there. But today, we're going to talk about something that actually I enjoy eating and I never ate before I came to Japan, which is um, seaweed-flavored foods, right? <laughs> like, I never really thought I'd be into seaweed-flavored foods. I try to avoid potato chips as much as I poss- as, as much as I possibly can, but every like once every blue moon, I'll dabble in them. And this is one flavor that's actually really Japanese but really good. It's Kalibi, which is um, a potato chip brand here, and it's Norishio, which is salt and seaweed flavored chips. I definitely remember if you're. I definitely recommend these if you are a potato chip connoisseur. Um, they got a nice little amount of grease, a nice little amount of salt on there. But the seaweed flavor gives it a little twang that you really might not um, have tasted before. I remember the first time, like I think, um, I remember like I was eating, I forgot what they were called. It, it was like, imagine um, cheese puffs, if you, if you have cheese, cheese puffs in your country. Imagine like cheese puffs without cheese. Instead of cheese, it's seaweed. <laughs> if you can do that. <laughs> if you've ever had seaweed before. And I remember like my first year or so in Japan, there, you know, like I'm like 22, 23, eating whatever. And there was like a hundred yen, like a dollar store, a hundred yen shop uh, on downstairs my, from where I worked, the English school, which was in a shopping center. And we were on the top floor. By the way, there was like an arcade right next a kid's arcade right next to where i worked that always just took all my money on like this train simulator game it just took all my money on like taiko no tasajin which is like a drum playing game i have no rhythm with instruments at all took all my money for the the first (laughs) like year or two like i worked there (laughs) but um but anyway uh so downstairs there was this hundred yen shop and one of my coworkers at the time, like he was, you know, he got on this kick of like, you know, you get a snack food, you 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 get hip to, and so he was always like buying these fucking things. I was like, what the fuck is this? He's like, oh, these are seaweed balls. I know it sounds weird, but he's like, these seaweed balls are fucking dope. And, like, and, and so he's like, you try one. So I ate it, fucked up the roof of my mouth, like it was just gone. But you know, it was really good. So I started eating them, eating them, eating them. Fast forward a few years later, you know, I get deeper into Japan, different try to experiment with some chips. I realized like, okay, any seaweed, salt seaweed flavored snack is gonna be, you know, get the seal of approval from me. So, um yeah, even today now, like I think over the New Year's holiday, I was eating these. Actually, I was probably drunk because I don't really remember what situation it was, but I just definitely remember eating these. At, no, I was eating these the other day. I was hanging out with my friend. That's what it was. I was hanging out with my friend, and we were eating some of these. <laughs> like, um, my birthday was recently. So, um, yeah, I went over to a buddy's house, and we were just kicking it, and we were drinking, and, and actually, he from the convenience store, he bought some of these, and then, of course, they were good. So definitely check those out. 
um, buy a bunch of them, buy like a million packs of them, you know, because I get some commission and it helps you support the fucking podcast. Do it for me. Do it for you. Do it for the world. <laughs> All right. Um, so that that's that. That's the product review. Of, of course, again, check out the website only through my link exclusively through the Japan According to Akil affiliate link in the profile. All right. Um, mm. All right. So that's the first thing up to bat. Uh, again, like, sorry if my voice does sound different. I'm not. I'm just running this completely flat with no um, no compression on this. Nothing. So I'm, I'm just going to see how it sounds. Uh, it didn't sound too crazy in the beginning. So um, I, I might have to adjust the settings after this episode. So I, I know definitely there probably won't be any distortion in the background. But um, if there... If my voice sounds weird, I'll listen to it afterwards, and, and hopefully I'll sound more normal in the next podcast. Again, this podcast is really why I just, I'm just, I was thinking about it as I was setting up all this shit. I'm like, I'm just learning so many skills doing this podcast. Like, you know, I was starting doing this on my phone, like, a few years ago, and now I got, like, this equipment, and I'm, like, adjusting EQs and, like, doing all this crazy shit. I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful thing, and it's, like, really skills that are helping me in other areas of my life. So I've thanked you all before. If you're a new listener, I thank you again. Um, you know, this and – I, and I would encourage – I try and slip a little bit of whatever it's worth motivational shit in here. And, you know, I would encourage you all to just go for whatever you want to do because you, you never know – how where it's gonna lead or what skills you're gonna pick up that you're gonna need somewhere down the line and i would say that's definitely been true with this podcast because um yeah it's definitely been helpful for me along my 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 professional journey so again thanks as always sub negro can't keep forgetting to shout you out as well um but yeah so that's that all right so we got that now rod my man rod i I, I gotta holler at you too again um he he several weeks ago he sent if you read the description in the previous episode he sent a couple of links i just you know slipped my mind to get to him i made sure i put them in our our, my official notes for this episode so we're gonna get to him he sent a few interesting things um let me see which which, i want to get to the first one the bigger longer one hold on one second let me find it um ah yeah this motherfucker okay (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's um like a website or a blog post or something. I, don't, I only just checked out this page, but somebody wrote something about Japan, and it's pretty lengthy. Well, let me let me see if I can um hold hold on. Let me see if I can expand this so I can see it from where. Right. Give me a second. I'm, I'm all over the place. Hold on. Okay, that's a bit better. I can see it a bit better from here. Now where's my wine? <laughs> okay, okay. All right, so what this is, it's just like one page from what I can see. Um, but again, the the link is in the description. It's labeled as uh, Japan. No, no, no. I put it as high Japanese prices. But um, the website is, what is it? Why are prices in Japan so damn high? Now, Rod, again, thank thank you for, for thank thank you for this link. Um, 
I'm going to talk about, again, this is my opinion versus whoever wrote this shit's opinion. So don't take one over the other. But <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie, Rob. I didn't read the whole, whole thing. I kind of got like about halfway through and I skimmed it. And I, and I wanted to tell you why. Because like me reading through it, I could clearly imagine the type of person who wrote this article and or this this page, whatever you want to call it. And I've come across these types of people so much here in Tokyo. And pretty much from for me, again, my only two cents, people who think like this and 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 um, talk like this are people who don't really achieve anything in Japan. In my opinion, it sounds kind of harsh. I mean, even me saying, I'm like, ooh, that kind of stings. But hopefully none of these types of people listen to this shit. But But what I mean by that is um, there's one, and I I used to be one of these people, actually. Like, so I'm not just shitting on people, like, just for a reason. Like, there's a group of foreign people who kind of feel marginalized here in Japan. And this is my opinion again. Who feel marginalized here in Japan. Probably have been here for, for some length of time. And eventually feel marginalized. Because they're not able to really break into Japanese society. And you know they see people kind of in Japan moving forward with their lives. And it makes them bitter. It really makes them bitter. And um all if you think about all they see is kind of closed doors everywhere around them even though they kind of feel kind of stuck here and they might be enjoying their life here they feel like you know like the 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 game is rigged against them and there's no way for them to really enter different areas in Japanese society or Japanese life and get a piece of like the Japanese pie you know but besides like the if depending on their age group or you know depending on their place in life the typically this person is male in my experience instead of the quote-unquote pie that they can get on the weekend if they can get some (laughs) it sounds like i'm really shitting on these people but but, yeah okay i kind of am okay (laughs) sorry but hmm. and don't worry don't worry i'm gonna break down this this um my take i i do agree like i'm not gonna discredit what this person has written but Again, I think the perspective that this person from writing from is extremely pessimistic and it gives a completely different view of it's kind of dark. It's very dark to me. Right. And I don't see Japan as a dark place anymore. I I did at some point in time. I'm not going to lie. Like I like about like six years ago. Shit. Now, 2000. Fuck. 2012. Yeah. 2013. So about seven years ago, I did. You know, um, I was a very I was a. You know, I was in my early 30s. I was really frustrated about my life, the direction it was going. I didn't see my career advancing the way I wanted to. I couldn't see a path to prosperity here. I kind of felt capped by Japanese society. And I felt there was no one willing to help me. And, 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 and that's where you start reading all these articles and hearing all the secondhand and thirdhand information about, you know, shit that goes on behind the scenes in Japan. And it makes you cynical, you know, because you're like, yeah, Japan's like this. Yeah, Japan's like that. And you got your little piece of the pie, but, you know, you got enough to pay your rent and enough to fucking go to the, go out on some weekends. And and, and that's it, you know. Um, 
And don't worry, trust me, we're going to break this thing down, too. So, um, and that's what I, I've heard. I've said this type of shit. I've heard that, you know, but I've heard this type of shit more than I've said it. And I believe, like, I w- at some point in time, I was regurgitating it because I let the shit that I heard seep into my mind. And, you know, on the flip side, after I changed my perspective in Japan, I've, I'm surrounded and I see a lot more people who are actually getting their piece of Japan, the pie here in Japan based on their attitude, based on their personality, based on their willingness to to get outside themselves and make some shit happen. You know, there is, like I've, you heard me say before, like for me, I'm finding my American dream here in Japan. It's a lot of, you've listened You've listened to what the fuck I'm doing if you're a long time listening to this podcast. It's a lot of hard work. No one's giving me anything in this country, but there's a lot of opportunity in this country, you know, if you're willing to fucking work for it. Like it, it really is, but, and you have to have, you know, you can't, I, I'm, I'm a fan of, you know, you can't walk through a door that you can't see. Right. And for me, the person who wrote this article is blind to a lot of the opportunities that exist in Japan. And all they see is closed doors all around them. So that, that that's let me preface that by saying that. And then let me kind of get into this. some of the points this person make are valid. But there's, I think, a bit more context to it than this kind of cut. There is this cut and dry narrative that a lot of um, information about Japan has, especially in the past. Now, you know, this was probably written at or around the time YouTube was coming into prominence, so there wasn't as much, like, video or things like that here, documentation and things like that here, but um, it does exist. It did exist. And, um, yeah, I, I, I just wanted to put that into context before I start breaking this shit down. So um, I'm, I'm going to kind of speed through it a bit because it, it's quite wordy. Um, but but and, and honestly, like Rod, no disrespect to you sending me the link. I appreciate it. It's really good information to talk about. Um, and I'm happy you did send it to me because, you know, I can give you another perspective than what you're reading. Um, and even me coming to Japan as a teacher, one thing I kind of learned, like, because when I was reading about Japan, like these type of websites and stuff, like 90% of it was horribly negative. And I was just like, shit, but... I, you know, and, and that could have, if I was, like, more susceptible to that shit, it could have, like, blocked me from ever coming here. But I, at some point, I forgot when I was reading through it or something, I had to be like, hold up. 90% of this shit's negative. Man, all the people writing this are probably people who are, like, having just negative experiences here. All the people who are having positive experiences aren't writing this type of shit. So, of course, like, all the fucking trolls online are going to be like, you know, like, this person's a fucking troll online. Just, like, <laughs> writing a bunch of bullshit, like, about, you know, how fucked up Japan is. But the people who are actually enjoying their life here are too busy enjoying their life here to sit down and write a long-ass blog about how fucked up Japan is. You, you know what I'm saying? So, so, so that's why it, it kind of sound it sounded a lot like this you know as far as like teaching english in japan and shit like that this is the type of shit that i heard 90 percent of the shit that i read um and i'm not here to say like teaching teaching english in japan is all like whoop de doo and da 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 it's not for everyone it's not like you know wonderland and i don't like tell my co- colleagues that either um you know i the way i see and, and again i love teaching english I am not a fan of my industry the way it is, you know, and there's a lot of things I want to change about my industry. That's why I fucking bust my ass so much. You know, I'm trying to get off of busting my ass and work smarter, not harder. But um, 
that's why I'm dedicated to changing and disrupting this industry because I don't like the way it works in its present form. Anyway, I digress. Let's get into this shit, right? So the first thing, um, the first topic this person talks about is land prices, rent, taxes, and blah, 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 blah. And basically this person is just like blah, 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 inheritance tax, like, oh my gosh, like Japan's so fucking expensive. You can buy a house, but you can't sell it. Like the, the system's rigged and all this shit. And there, there, you know, the bubble era, there are places like, you know, in rural Japan, blah, blah, blah. Man, let me tell you some shit. Okay. First off, let's talk about land prices, right? In yes, in central Tokyo, it, it this it, and for me this. Let me start off with the statistic about like Japan has the highest land prices out of everywhere in um, in the world. Okay, here's here's the deal about this, right? And I've thought about this quite a bit. That statistic is very true, but also very misleading, right? Because um, you have to. Th- one thing that that doesn't get considered in these type those type of like highest land price surveys is the fact that the average apartment let's take apartment or condo or house is so much smaller in Japan than it would be in the west right like let's take america for example even new york which is you know seem like you got a small apartment in new york a new york apartment is a lot bigger than a typical japanese apartment you know, and so, of course, you're getting a lot less space for a lot more money, but it's just culturally that way. And it's culturally been that way for centuries, you know, for decades, for centuries. That's just the way it is, especially in the Tokyo area. And, you know, he talks about like, I forgot what this motherfucker was talking about. Like, you know, the system and the way this shit is. I mean, like from remember japan is a modern country built i mean it's it's tokyo let's say especially tokyo is a modern city built on top of like a traditional city right built on basically on the ashes of a traditional city so you know and edo was the center of japan right so of surrounded by you know, the Imperial Palace and and things like that, and everything radiated from that. So, of course, in modern Tokyo, that's a continuation of that shit. So, in central Tokyo, you know, I've talked about it before, in central Tokyo, that's where the higher land prices are going to be. That's where the seat of government is going to be. And, like, you know, in this article, he's talking about, well, yeah, the government's monopolizing all this shit, but I bet this is the same motherfucker who's, like, romanticizing, like, um you know, medieval Japan and samurai culture and all this bullshit, but all that was built on the backs of, like, agriculture and peasants who were growing rice in fucking rice fields and sending this shit into Edo. But, like, nobody really... But he's not going to talk about that, and he's not going to be like, oh, yeah, that was so fucked up back then. This motherfucker's probably going to a ninja museum dressed up, you know what I'm saying, doing some dumb shit. I mean, see, okay, I'm getting too angry, right? But, like... You that is kind of for me like a contradiction. Like you can't have it both ways. Old Japan can't be so cool because it's what you liked, but modern, like the way Tokyo is set up, it's gotta be some bullshit. It's just a continuation of the same thing. Just the difference is you weren't allowed to live here hundreds of years ago, but now you are and you don't fucking like it. Like psh, go back to your country. You know what I'm saying? Like that's how I feel. Like that's the rules you accepted when you came in here. You, he was probably cool with that. His first month in Japan when he got a small-ass shitty apartment. I mean, I had a small-ass shitty apartment when I came here, too. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm living in Japan. That's 
how you stamp your ticket to get here and you're able you have the freedom and the liberty to move around as you wish you know um but at the same time the longer you're here i've said life gets more complicated the longer you're here and you yeah like you you know in those central more urban areas like you know where everything's happening you don't have like big sprawling apartments you know it is kind of it does take money to like get like a nice place in a nice area you know it's just like in new york like it, it does take a lot of money to buy a place to rent an apartment downtown in manhattan and those spaces is kind of limited and you have to think in tokyo there's like what 10 20 times more people living in the metropolitan area than in new york so of course the market's going to be you know even more crushing and of course the price is going to be shot through the roof i know entrepreneurs who are like yo yeah we don't we're looking forward to to open up this business in in this area for example like you know in this central tokyo area but there aren't any good places like we just gotta wait for something to open up that's just the way it is, man. It's prime fucking real estate. And he was talking about something like, you know, 20 minutes out of central Tokyo. That Yes, because nobody wants to live there. There's no infrastructure there. Just like in just like in medieval Japan, everybody was in Tokyo because that's where everything was. And yeah, across the river, there are people growing, you know, cabbage and shit like you know 20 minutes from central tokyo yeah because nobody wants to live there and actually well the, the, i mean not nobody wants to live there but the thing is the infrastructure hasn't been built there and it's being built there now actually like tokyo's kind of being exp extended out but how it happens is you need the train company. The train company really b does this. And in Tokyo and Japan in general is fueled by a big business, which he talks about a bit. And But that's the way it's been. It's a continuation of the past. Like, that's just the way it is here. That's how it works. Like, I'm not saying for better or for worse. That's the way it is. Like, take it or leave it. Go back to your fucking country. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's my stance on it. Like, if you don't like it, get the fuck out of Dodge. You, can, you have a passport. You can do that. Um, like... Nobody feels sorry for you. Um, but, but like, yeah, again, sorry is harsh, but this is how I, I feel in the face of this type of thinking now. And, you know, um, so, yeah, like, a you know, typically now, basically a train company, several lines are being extended. And what they'll do is these are decade-long projects, like, to do this. Like, one of the, are the areas that I work in, like, 20, 30 years ago, it was all rice fields. Now it's one of the most posh areas like like posh residential areas um in tokyo because like about 30 40 i think 50 years ago the train company marked that area for development and i believe like that development that was started like 40 years ago maybe like three years ago when i was there finished finally in stages first the train then renewing the station in stages got that then some department stores then some more department stores then extending a shopping center then another part of the shopping center and finally the final part of the shopping center was finished a major major company moved their headquarters there and now it's like popping over there and because that is like on the outskirts of tokyo the suburbs 
of that train line can be extended from that area. So it just takes time. And so those quote unquote rice, not rice fields or cabbage fields or whatever, they're quote unquote 20 years beyond city limits in like 10, 20 years are going to become suburban residential areas as an extension of the development that slowly, it takes time, man. Like this shit takes time. And Japanese people work on like, like these large businesses and entities work on a longer timeline than your ass who just wants to get some shit, you know, wants to buy like a cheap property and like have it go up like in value like it 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 has gone in the past in the past and another thing too like if you're talking about prices and rent and things like that japan is actually like a very deflationary country like um the economy is very deflationary especially like after the bubble economy burst so japan's been like all this economic policy now is trying to get japan out of the perpetual deflation it's it's been in for like 30 fucking years after the economic um, bubble of like the 1980s so I mean, it, it might feel expensive to a, a person who is used to living their lifestyle the way they want to, you know, but actually you, if you live like, you know, a uh, everyday lifestyle, in like an everyday life, Japanese lifestyle, you can, it's fine. And you can actually save quite a bit of money because depending on where you're from, like I know compared to America, I don't have a car, you know, I don't have to pay car insurance. I don't have to pay gas. Like... I just I walk everywhere. Maybe I have a bicycle. Like you, you work in a job. Like you can save quite a bit of money, especially if you're single uh, or a younger person. You know, if you live within your means. But if you want, if you see what other people have, and you just want that, like oh, this Japanese salaryman business type person, they have a house, they have a car, they have this, they have a mortgage. Ooh, I don't have anything. I just have this crappy apartment. But you don't have the obligations that, that the person has, you, you know, and it, it works two ways. So so like, yes, there's a lot of taxes here. And yes, it, you know, land prices are high, but land prices, I mean, let me put this this way. Land prices are high in high demand areas in Japan, like in areas where there's no demand that you can buy a place fucking dirt as cheap, you know, but nobody wants to live there that's why it's fucking cheap everybody wants to live where it's popping here like <laughs> you know and that's just it it's, it's not like rocket science so the places that you can get cheap and the places that you can um um sorry hold on hold on hold on, hold on, hold on. Let, me just, let me see how long i've been going see i'm going for 30 minutes already yeah the places that you can get dirt cheap are dirt cheap for a reason like that's just how it works like commodity prices and food and things like that that's more of a complicated issue but you know every country or place has its hang-ups like in america food is dirt cheap but it's unhealthy as fuck like <laughs> you know yeah i can get a pizza for like four dollars like but like i don't want to do that <laughs> you know <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to do that. So, so it's fine. Like, it's fine. There are pros and cons to everywhere you live. And, you know, my thing is, like, if you want to live in one of those high areas, make more money. You know, like, yes, your crappy-ass job, probably a teaching job. You know, I'm, I'm not shitting I'm a teacher. I'm not shitting on it. Like, I'm just telling you. person, Like, especially if, you know, if they're a person's job is might not be enough to make ends meet for them to achieve what they want to achieve but if you're not willing to like innovate 
like make your own business take chances like no one's gonna give you anything here there are ways to make shit happen you just gotta like do it um so that, that and that's how i you, you i can't i'll go off and on about that but that's how i feel about that cartels number two he talks about cartels and collusion again yes there's this country is run on backroom deals like it's you know old men making backroom deals again hint hint wink wink carlos gone situation kind of leads into that but but you know um that's kind of the the way the country is built on up until it has worked up until this point which leads me to the third one um bulky and rigid distribution system which kind of ties in to collusion because yes there's japan is very like heavy with middlemen and companies and, and ties and things like that and that has if you think about it that has worked up until now because japan has been a very insulated economy japan's japanese economy has been self-sufficient in this you know 60s 70s like what the 60s and 70s i think maybe 70s for example i'll just say from the 70s you know and 80s with cars and then 80s and 90s with electronics like J japan has been able to you know um, be at the forefront of the world by providing what the world wants. But now things are changing. Things are really changing now. So up until that point, like Japan could just be Japan and then people were clamoring for what Japan had. But the game, the level, the playing field has kind of gotten level now and Japan has to really go outside itself. You've heard me talk a lot about these different concepts that are affecting society here. And, you know, not for nothing, like it's a really big, you know, shift that's happening underneath the surface here in japan and i it's gonna have a breaking point at some point so and that's why i say those dinosaurs will fall because the concept like those kind of internal bulky systems are built on the fact that japan's economy is very insulated so yes you can have you can have a fucking a burger shop he gives the example do you really do you really need three people to wrap your hamburger yes motherfucker you can have three people wrapping your hamburger if though all three of those people are japanese and the money from their salaries stays inside the japanese economy that's how it works you know what i'm saying like like the company that employs though them you know, like the people who the money from there is, staying. you know, what I'm saying is staying in Japan up until this point. But Japan's economy is getting to the point where it's not strong enough to sustain its status by its own merit. And so things are having to change and things are getting shaken up as we speak. So this whole that whole argument of like, why do Japanese people do things like this and why do Japanese things do like that? You know, Darwin's going to, in my opinion, Darwin's going to take care of that. History's going to take care of that. It, but it's just a process that happens, that will only happen in this country through pain. Just because you're progressive as, like, foreign way of thinking that, you you know, like, sarcastically questioning the way Japanese people do everything because you're bitter about, like, living in Japan. And I'm saying this from a place of understanding. I've been that person. Why do Japanese people do this? Why do Japanese people do that? Why do Japanese people have to do this? Like, I used to talk like that. And it's just like, yo, because it's their fucking country, man. Like, you know, that's the bottom line. It's their fucking country. Let them do whatever they want to do. Like, why isn't it bothering you so much? You know, like, yeah, you have to pay for more for a hamburger. Make some more fucking money. Or don't fucking eat hamburgers. Like, make it, you know what I'm saying? <laughs>
<laughs> like like it's really not a big deal at all so I don't know. So so that's like my overarching theme on that. Like point number four, this person talks about snob appeal. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I, 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 again, I, I disagree with this person. It might be a victim of the times. But, you know, now we have Amazon. We have smartphones. We, have, we can order things online. Yeah, things are a, a bit more expensive, like importing them for another country. But... Like, you want just complete global, like, you know, you know come on, man. Like, looking at Sakulamart, you're going to pay a bit more for those fucking Nori Shio potato chips that you're going to enjoy because they're fucking delicious. If you buy them using our link, cha-ching, <laughs> you know, you're going to pay more for, naturally, you're going to pay more for them than I pay for them. Like, that's just natural, you know. Um, and naturally, me getting imported products, I'm going to pay more. Now, I'm not going to lie, like, me buying, like, I mean, I bought some I bought some Nikes the other day. Like, I got the hookup. I'm not going to tell you where, but, I mean, from a legitimate source. But um, so I got an inside track on a place that I bought some really nice Nike sneakers for a really, like, competitive price. And I was, like, thinking, like, huh, maybe I should wait until the next time I go back to America to buy these some sneakers like these. But... Mm, for all that goes into it, the exchange rate, you know, put them in the suitcase, shopping for them. I might as well just get these now. And I bought them like right net, right at that time. And I'm completely happy with the purchase. I'm completely happy with the price. I wasn't paying like 300. I paid like about 100 bucks from some, some fucking Air Maxes. And it was like for about 11, I paid like 11,000 yen for some Air Maxes. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. That's completely acceptable, completely comparable of what I would be paying like if I was back in the States. So, you know, yeah, for some products you're going to pay a bit more for, but if you're savvy enough to know how to get things, you'll be fine. And the flip side of that is you can get access to products that people in your home country can't get. Like I know, you know, back in like 2006 or 2005 when Bape was popping, some of my coworkers, they were flipping Bape shit. Like that's what they were doing. They were flipping it like a motherfucker because they had access to like these Tokyo shops and they were like, you know, they were reselling like a motherfucker and they supplemented their income quite well with that while it lasted. So, you know, there's, there's two sides to every argument. So the whole like snob appeal thing, you, you know, if you're living in the Tokyo area, you're all, yeah, you know, buying products might be a bit more expensive but on the flip side you have access to products that are completely cool for the rest of the world so as an economic opportunity or just to go back to your home home country and shit on people with some shit fresh out of tokyo you got that snob appeal too so don't fucking complain about it (laughs) non-tariff border i didn't read this one i'm not gonna lie so i can't really talk about it um consumer apathy or ignorance i mean come on man like yeah, there's a, there's a lot of consumer apathy and ignorance in in America too. As I mean, as far as like, not and and I would say that that goes in both ways. There's a lot of apathy and ignorance as far as like what goes into products, like the contents of products. Like people, for let's go talk about food. Like people might just be happy getting a four dollar pizza and not care about all the additives and shit that go into the pizza. Japanese consumers are a lot more discerning, you know, and will actually question and look and, and, you know, be more picky and choosy because quality here is a lot more important than quantity. Right. So 
um, now there's like a big push to like open up imports and things like that here in Japan. But honestly, like quality is really, like the general quality of all the shit that I buy is much higher than it is in America. I like going to America some, some for brief spurts and buying a bunch of like bullshit, you know, like like, oh, shit, look, I got like a big ass pack of fucking turkey. Hey, great. We got sandwiches for a week. This is awesome. Like that's nice every now and then. But I'm. I feel much healthier not living like that, you know, so there are checks and balances to everything, you know, because, I mean, it's just the way it is, man, like, well, I was talking to my, <laughs> I was talking to my mother-in-law, we were watching, um, I was watching football the other day, and it was a commercial for some new diabe- diabetes kind of pill, or like shot, or some shit, like, uh, some medicine, and again, I'm not shitting on people with diabetes, like, I know it's a I'm black like diabetes is like ravaging the black community and I was talking to her about it and I was just like yeah in America a lot of people have diabetes and you know she was like well well in Japan that's like a really like a rich people's disease like you know no one really I mean not no one really gets diabetes I don't know anybody who has diabetes here in Japan like because like you know you're going to change your lifestyle you're going to adjust it and generally generally speaking you're not going to eat a lot of the foods or products that give you that there's lifestyle here's a lot more spartan than it is like in 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 the west and so we would talk about that for a few minutes so like that apathy has you know its pros in other ways too yeah you might not be able to you know get like a four dollar pizza big ass pizza but you're not eating a four dollar pizza you might not be able to get like a gallon of fucking like orange juice for like three dollars, but you're not drinking a gallon of orange juice, you know. So like you're drinking unsweetened tea and you're drinking water and, you know, your refrigerator is not that big. So you're not putting a lot of food in it. You know, if you're living in central Tokyo, like, I mean, then again, if you're living in the countryside, yeah, you might have a lot bigger house, but you 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 probably have fields all over the place and you can eat fresh vegetables. And, you know, what I'm saying like like what the fuck is this dude talking about like i'm sorry i just can't relate to it like this i'm just a believer there's pros and cons to everything and and with people who think like who talk like this i listen to them and in my mind i'm I'm just like if, if you hate this country so much why do you still live here i mean i never ask them that but that's all i think about and all the people who are like open-minded and more positive and actually doing things in their lives and their career they think the same way too because we talk about it so um rod that's how my take on that page and i mean yeah yeah so there are people who think like that and I, like i said like not like just to completely shield never i used to think like this but i don't anymore and i'm my life and my experience in japan is much better as a result of it so okay that's that's one. Oh man i'm i'm, I'm running long tonight um I'm going to do the second one really quickly because it's kind of a piggyback on, on the first one. And it's the deep connection. What is it? What is it? The, the Japan's deep uh, connection to childish relationships. The opening picture is quite deceiving as well. It, this is what I thought all of Tokyo would be like. Sorry, these two girls on the front of this thing was what I thought like all of Japan would be like, but it's not. Um. Mm. Now, this article talks, I mean, it seems like this a this was based on very academic research because some professor was talking about and am I is what they're talking about. It, it, it took me a while to figure out what the fuck the person was trying to say, but <laughs> I believe they're translating it turns kind of naivete. If it would be how it would translate to, um, 
that concept it, again has two sides to it as well it, it, it gave um some examples of uh where is it uh, so okay 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 how, how do i start this okay this is this is this is a really important topic like um how do i start this i like it's like a you know a lot of it's interesting because I think a lot of concepts and parts to Japanese society, when they're actually crystallized and explained in English, it becomes a lot more one-sided than it does in Japanese. Because in Japanese, if you're having this type of conversation, so much of the language is implied. Talking about it, you can kind of imagine so much more. But when it's explained in detail... Like in English, you know, details like a low context uh, society, uh, so low context language. So like you're explaining things in detail, but the point becomes very fragmented because, you know, it's like if you're explaining the story of a movie and you're explaining specific scenes of the movie instead of like, you know, oh, yeah, the movie was like this. And you can kind of the person can kind of imagine the whole context of the movie but if i like you've never seen like let's just take star wars for example and just explain specific scenes or specific characters in the movie you kind of can't really get a feeling of what star wars is versus me giving like a blanket statement about what star wars is to a person who's seen the movie you know that's kind of what what reading for me reading these types of articles are like like it's like it's way too fragmented and I know it gives a misleading kind of overgeneralized um, view of Japan because I used to have that, you know. Um, and and so it's talking about like, you know, the 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 connections with childishness and relationships. And I, I remember again, I, I read about half of it and I skimmed through uh, the rest like, yes, on the surface, if you look at anime and you look at idol culture and you look at these things um you it seems like japanese people are obsessed with that um but um okay wait, like again uh, okay but but on a couple of points one that's not all japanese people and the people who really like that who really like those kind of things are vocal in that but there's a silent majority for example even minority i don't even know right but there's a silent group who is not doesn't think like that but because they look the same as everyone else, you kind of think everyone, okay, some people are really into this. It's on TV, so everyone must like it. And that's where it gets people to kind of overgeneralize Japanese people. You know, because on the surface, everyone looks the same. So you kind of think, yeah, that's what Japanese people do this and Japanese people do that. But there's always like, you know, a group that goes unseen and unheard that might even completely disagree with whatever is going on. Again, that's why I always say when something goes down in Japan, don't look at what the action is. Look around it to get like some context clues. Right. So, um, yes, yeah, anime is the same thing. Idol culture is the same thing. Some people are really, really into it, but it might be a reason. You know, it might be an otaku. It might be. You know, a salary man who wants to escape his life. It might be a teenage boy. It might, you know, but what about their wives? What about their sisters? What about dudes who aren't into that shit? What about, you know, like, um, 
you you never see those people's voices being for you know on tv because they're completely unrelated to that topic i live on the ground in japan so i see that and again um that type of shit like the two two women in in the, for example the top of um the article if you've never come to japan you have the perception that's where is everywhere but it's not like actually you know in everyday life in japan only the oddities really get highlighted just like same thing in america the flip side of america in japanese news the gun violence the school shootings the you know what i'm saying like 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 the, the fucking all that crazy shit is what gets put on the news because you know that sex sells like that's what sells like whoa look at the crazy americans like it's so violent over there why do they have guns like that's you know what but the mundane nature of everyday life in japan in america doesn't really get expressed because like that's fucking boring and just like <laughs> that's the same thing happens in japan everyday japanese people don't really get highlighted the crazy people going to harajuku you know wearing like these heart-shaped sunglasses in, in lolita style not shitting on them like that's the truth that's who everyone wants to take pictures of but if you go there 90 percent, over 90 percent of the people are not dressed like that you know but the photographers are not going to take pictures of 95% of the people because they just look normal. You know, and so you get this distorted perception unless you actually spend time in these areas. And another thing, too, a lot of the people who dress like that and do that don't live in Tokyo. Like a lot of people come from other areas, the outskirts of Tokyo or, you know, Ibaraki, Saitama, things like that. And they come to these areas um, to be noticed, to be seen, to break out of the, you know, to, to, to get a, some of that Tokyo magic on them. And so they, they really express themselves in that way. Not all, but there are a lot of them who do from, I've heard not firsthand knowledge, but from what I've heard, like that's the established thing. Like a lot of the people really going and showing out in Harajuku are not from Tokyo. They're from other areas, but you know, they live on like a farm somewhere and they see like on TV and on the internet, like, Oh wow. Like, you know, Harajuku is the spot for like this obscure ass subculture. So I'm going there and hopefully uh, someone will take my picture on the magazine and they, they walk around the street hoping to get their picture taken it used to be a big thing i mean now again harajuku and, and uh, shibuya and things like that are very ch are changing a lot so um so it's not as big as it used to be so that's a real a real thing to think about now it is true that being um seen as naive or girly or childish is a very important uh, significant cultural concept in japan but um and it does have its downside to it but like one like for example let's take for me one thing one preconceived notion that really got broken for me was like the 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 um let's call her the geisha obedient housewife kind of uh stereotype of like japanese people got really broken for me you know here um after i came here and i was talking about this to a person the other day you know in the like i thought oh japanese women are so like obedient you know and so submissive if you will um when i before i came here but no they're not actually they're really not <laughs> trust me i know <laughs> hmm. but what it is though how let's say women assert themselves let's just take women for example assert themselves in, in their power is very different right like 
let's take it in a, in a marriage again because I'll go too deep, too deep into this. Um, and and Rod, if you have some other questions about this, or you know, you want me to go deeper, just 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 send me a message or anyone else questions for keel at gmail dot com. I'm always open, right? And let's in a relationship. Let's take it a relationship, right? And let's say there's a guy who's dating a girl, and and um. And let's say they work at the same company together and in the office she's very submissive and she's like, Oh, how are you doing? You know, and she's 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 constantly catering to him and you know, or she's kind of like acting childish, you oh, know, what am I gonna do? In those type of ways to get his attention. That's a weapon that women use in Japan. Be you know, to um making men feel in a superior position. So for better, for worse, whatever. It, that's just what it is in this society. Let's say that that couple gets married. After they get married, then that woman shows her stripes, right? And in actually, the traditional Shinto dress is um, she. The woman wears a hat, and she wears a hat be, to hide her horns, quote unquote. And I've noticed that's what happens in a marriage in Japan. Japanese women are not going to lean on their husbands until after they get married, right? After they get married, once they're locked in, they lean on them, especially now. Um, that um, divorce is becoming more socially acceptable here. Women are really asserting themselves in, in, in different ways. Of course, not always. Um, and there's, trust me, equality is not a big thing, established thing here yet. Yeah, there's a lot more work to be done. But I've heard from plenty of scared salarymen husbands who are like, oh, fuck, my wife's too strong. And if you listen to a lot of like Japanese men, that's the main thing. Like women are a lot stronger than they used to be. Fuck, we got to deal with them. And they don't know how to manage them. And, you know, um, not manage like in a negative way, but you know what I'm saying? Like they don't know how to handle these women who, because they know how to lean on them and they will speak up and they will call them on their shit. And like I was talking to a friend the other day, like his... You know, it's not him directly, but someone he knows, like, you know, got caught cheating and, like, they had to, you know, had to apologize to everybody publicly, you know. Um, and and, I, and I, was, I just looked, I was like, yeah, and now that person who cheated is just like an ATM for his wife because, you know, like, she, he, he's, she, he's dead to her except for in the wallet. You know, like that's the revenge like um, a Japanese woman can really, really do. Like I've seen it and heard it like several times. And I was talking to a group of housewives. Um, they were in their like 50s at the time. Um, some of my students in the past. And I, I, when they started to click with me and I was like, I, you know what? I kind of see how like Japanese women work. I was like, you know, foreign women, they're like shooting like a pistol. Like they'll, you know, if they're pissed off, they're like, pew, pew, fuck you, pew, 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 pew. <laughs> you know, or it could be a bazooka, it could be a shotgun, whatever. But they're going to, like, let you know immediately if you're doing something they like. But Japanese women, y'all are like Goku and Dragon Ball Z. Y'all don't say shit and just load up that Kamehameha, you know. And y'all just, like, load it up, like, for years. And then when it's ready, you just like the spirit bomb you just let that motherfucker drop on him <laughs> and just blow him into infinity and they were they were just like laughing they're like yeah pretty much so <laughs> you know and then when and when he's the husband's in a position where he can't say or do shit like let the husband you know you can have and and i've seen it happen where like you know that's like i'm the man and i'm the, and they're like, okay you got it you got it you got it but guess what you go ahead and work 
you know, you work I, fine. I'll, 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 I'll take care of the house. I'll do all that. But what happens is the husband gets pushed out, you know, like the typical, let's quote, quote, unquote, salary man type guy in this type of article who dominates the woman when they have, she's like, I want to have kids. I need a, we need a house. We need this, you know, and, and, and his job is to work at the company and then she might even work and, you know, and, and take care of the house. But when they have kids, the house is hers. It's not his. He pays the bills, but it's kind of sad to see the end game of these type, those type of people in the article who like, you know, just completely try to dominate a quote unquote, you know, who in the early on in the relationship, their woman, their girlfriend or significant other is completely uh, meek and, 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 and childish. And if you will later on, Oh, it all comes back because what happens is at the end of the day, you got that person, they're so dominant and domineering that they push away the family and they basically just isolate themselves because, you know, the mom is taking care of the kids all, all the time. The dad's working late. So he comes in, you know, he's just like an ATM. He's drinking. He's stressed out at work. Doesn't really know how to communicate with the kids. So by the time they're like, you know, 5'10", they're like, you know, I don't like you, daddy, yada. And they just want to be closer to the mom. And what can the dad do? Fuck you. Love me. No. And, you know, if he if he goes out and gets caught cheating, you know, he's written off for everybody's wife. And so some you get some situations where that happens. You're stuck with like a 35-year mortgage. You got a job that's fucking depressing that you're working at 14 hours a day. You got to drink with your coworkers because you're scared to go home early because when you do, it's all weird. And you just go to your room. You know, you sleep in separate rooms with your wife. And you're just like, fucked. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. And you got one job and you got to commute on the train for hours, train for hours. And that's what you just got to do. And that's how you live your life until you retire. Like, you know, and so that's how it kind of can play out on the other end. And that's the kind of how the power dynamics do tend to switch. So it's not all one sided of just like these women like crying in a corner, like, you know, in, in society all the time. It, it does play out quite differently you know in a lot of different situations so so again like, like i said the article kind of gives academically speaking on the surface again even me too that's like broad strokes of of, of this kind of argument but it's not that cut and dry is what i want to say pretty much and, and even my explanation is not cut and dry explanation i just wanted to give these type of examples to show that these issues are a lot deeper and a lot more complicated than you might think. And there's a lot more that goes to when it goes into it than even I can explain right now at this point in time. So that's all. That's my two cents on those two articles. Um, again, not trying to shit all over them. I do think there's like some kind of valid points to it, but I just get trying to give another side to the article so that you don't just take this type of information at face value. And because I didn't, before I came to Japan, like I was reading this type of shit and I was like, okay, Japan's like, and you get this kind of, oh, Japan's like this. Japanese people are like this, but there's a lot more that goes unseen that you don't really get to understand until you're here after a while and see some of the different layers. This is just deep there's levels to it, levels of Japanese society. So, all right, that's that. Oh, ooh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. We are put, coming up on an hour. How am I going to deal with this Carlos gone shit? Oh, my goodness. Okay. All right. So, um, all right, this is going to be probably, um, ah, all, right, all, right, all right, let me just go for it. Okay. This is going to be a long podcast. I got a little bit more wine left, you guys. So, yay. Okay. <laughs> let me, let me fuel up. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me fuel up.
Okay. So, um, the Carlos gone situation again. There's no article related to that because you know it's all over the news. But from what I can piece together, looking at Japanese news, foreign news, and just like a whole bunch of other sources, my opinion again, I'm not no expert, but it went down like this. So, uh, you know, Carlos gone came into Nissan to really rescue the company, right? And I don't know the intricacies of the business deal, but, you know, he was there to really turn the ship around. Now, from the onset, you got to understand that he was already with Renault and other companies outside of Japan. This is important. You know, I'm not here to judge who's right, who's wrong. Um, I'm just going to call it how I see it based on what I've heard, and I'll kind of give some reasons for why. Now... He, if you, thinking about, trying to think, put myself in his frame of mind, right? He's coming from a European or Brazilian, whatever the fuck he was from. You know, like, um, not where he's from, but like what company, um, companies he's run and brought the profitability. He's coming into the Japanese situation like, okay, this is what we need to do to fix, right, the ship, right? This is what we need to do. I'm going to write the ship. And he's a strong leader, right? He's like a rock star CEO is how I see him as. Like he knows what he's going to do and he's going to get those fucking results. And in his, um, I watched his whole fucking thing, two and a half hours. I watched the whole thing. Um, He even said like, my job is to raise profitability, give dividends, raise the stock price, you know, make the company stronger. That's what he's thinking as. In Japan, though, and I've talked to Japanese people about this as well after the fact, keeping the peace and the corporate culture is a really, really important thing. A lot of times more important than actually doing your job. You know, you, you won't step on toes. Like I forgot the saying people told me, but you're not going to rock the boat. You know, I forgot how to say it in Japanese. Um, koto nalanai, something, something. Um, I, for, I forgot... Um, I forgot the full saying in Japanese. But it basically means don't rock the boat, right? And you'll sacrifice the former for the latter, right? A typical Japanese person. But gone, he's not doing that. He's there to save the company. So he's doing about making a bunch of changes and shit like that. And it worked. And people were like, yay, we're up. It's good. Great. Congratulations. But what happened was they became a bit uncomfortable with his increasing power influence. And if you think from his perspective, he's like, okay, We've got this partnership deal. He's balancing Europe. He's balancing Japan. And he's trying to make everyone happy. And while at the same time push things forward. But in Japan, the people, especially the people at the top, again, this is my opinion, are not interested in pushing things forward because these are career employees, right? So they want to keep things peaceful, even if it means the company's slowly sinking. They want to keep it peaceful, right? And eventually he was making changes and doing things that made them uncomfortable. Even if they were working, their effectiveness was not, you know, in question. It was, it made them uncomfortable. And because it made them uncomfortable, they became uncomfortable with him. And he, on his side though, he, remember I talked about the first episode of the podcast, the wall of pillows, you know, that was very maybe he couldn't perceive Carlos Ghosn couldn't perceive that right because of cultural differences and things like that now one really really smart Japanese entrepreneur guy um 
he broke it down like, yo, this whole incident should have been handled internally. If, if the Japanese side really didn't want him there, basically they just used the law to get him out of the company. They needed him out, of, they wanted him out of the way. They should have just voted to push him out. But they were fuck, they were fucking chicken shit. Chicken, he said chicken, but they were chicken shit. So they went the other route and used the law to do it, you know, and which is a really fucked up situation. And caused a lot of like drama for people all over Japan. So he's basically like shame on you guys because you're chicken shit. And that's why I think that happened. And and you know, like I talked about before, um, after the whole legal situation, I won't get into it, you know, you can read about it, happened, you know, the way Japan's legal system is set up, I, I talked about it in the past, is to really push that confession from him. Once the attack dogs were called on him, you know, for whatever. I mean, in, in Japan, like, again, he was deemed guilty until proven innocent. Like, I've seen his press conference, like, whatever, whatever his explanation for everything made sense to me, you know, but in the, I can also understand in the Japanese way of doing things, it doesn't really work like that. And that would arise some suspicion from Japanese people because, you know, you know, I scratch, it seems like he knows how the system works internationally. So he knows, hey, I scratch your back, you scratch mine. You know, and he's like scratching backs with company money, knowing that's going to come back and pay dividends in the future. But and it did pay dividends in the future. But, you know, Japan's so insulated, you know, the people who were seeing this, they didn't like that. You know, they didn't like the way he's doing things. And I was trying to think about it like an analogy. It's like the captain on the ship. Like, you know, they're used to, like, the captain holding the wheel, you know, and, like, where's our bearings and where's our compass and what the fuck is going on? And he's like, he's like, yo, I'm the captain. We're going this way. Okay, don't worry about it. Yo, call me if there's a problem. I'm going to be down here, you know, in in the ballroom. I'm going to be down here eating eating shrimp. And, you know, they're like, yo, captain, is everything okay? It's like, yeah, it's okay. It's cool. Like, you know, I'm going to go back and check. It's fine. You know, and he's like, he's dancing and he's romancing and he's like, you know, prancing and he's doing all this shit. And, 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 and you know, he's tap dancing. <laughs> and they're just in the background in very Japanese way, like, oh, shit, whispering. It's like, oh, shit, is this, is this okay? Look at what he's doing. He's supposed to be the captain. He's like, you know, eating shrimp. What the fuck? Like, <laughs> you know, but but he's the captain, but he's just doing it in a rock star way. So they had, they tried to push him. They pushed him out. And the only way they can push him, you know, and he and in his press conference, he was like showing receipts and, and emails and stuff like, yo, money they were talking about. Look, yo, I sent them requests. They had to approve this shit. Like, it's not me. And they, yo, like. Not like a like not like a pass the buck kind of way. Like yo, there's procedures in this company. People have to sign off on this shit. I'm just not doing whatever. But that's where I think the cultural gap comes in because the things he was doing and the things he was recommending in Japan, the buck stops with him. Anything he does, everyone automatically is gonna fall in line with on the surface, whether they agree with it or not. No one's gonna openly challenge anything that he does. Because in Japan, it doesn't work like that. And I feel like he missed that part of the equation. So he's like, okay, we're going to do this. Any questions? Any, any Anybody have any problem with that? And, and nobody says shit. And so he's like, okay, cool, great. Everyone's on board. Let's do it. But really, in the very Japanese way, 
you know, everyone's like grumbling behind the scenes and that grew and grew and grew and grew and grew. You know, he's like, hey, this is legal. You know, he's like, look, this is legal. We have this loophole. Let's do this. Take advantage of this. Do this. We'll do this. And then we'll use this for that and that and for this. And people are like, oh, that has to be kind of shady because this is all, of course, this type of shit goes on in Japan all the time. But he's doing it outside of Japan. You know, he's doing it with other countries, with people he know, his people, outside of like the realm of Japanese people. And what I also heard from him say was, um, his vision was like, okay, because everyone, Japan wanted to be autonomous, Renault wanted to be autonomous. He's like, no, we all have to come together. Like, you can't be autonomous. Like, he's pulling them. He's like, fine, I'll just make a holding company. And you, you will be independent in the holding company, but you're just not going to just be in the wind doing your thing. And basically, it seems like he, nothing over it was said, but it seems like um, the people in, in Nissan and somewhere in the Jap, you know, higher up in the Japanese government, didn't like the idea of such a significant Japanese company's power being outside of Japan, right? And so because of, and again, the only way to stop that is to get him out of the way. So that's where that kind of came in. And um, there was one more thing I wanted to say about this. Oh, yeah. One thing about Japan, though, like, I don't really know if the Prime Minister was involved or whatever, but one thing about Japan, though, which I had to learn was, like, the bureaucrats in the ministries are a lot more powerful than the people who run the ministries. So let's say, like, in America, for example, the Cabinet of Defense or the Cabinet of whatever, like, the head of that cabinet is, you know, the top of, of, of they run it. But in Japan, it's different. The cabinet heads change. They're just figureheads. They change all the time. But the bureaucrats behind the scenes, they never change, right? So those are the people who where the real power lies. And the, that's where, you know, the decisions are really made. So I would imagine somewhere high up, for example, in one of the fucking ministries is one of the people with that some of the other Japanese executives in Nissan who were the ones who were kind of uncomfortable with the way things were going, with the direction things were going in the company and pulled the trigger on like getting them out of there and just basically just sick the dogs on them and was like, do whatever you got to do to shut this guy up and get him out of the picture. So that's kind of how I see that whole conspiracy going down. Um, and I mean, I forgot about the vice, I forgot the guy's name, Kelly or something, the vice president who who's still in jail for 14 months. It's looking like he's going to get really shitted on by the government. Like, cause you know, um, they got to save face. So the only way to save face is the person that they can't prosecute, bring the hammer down on him. So I really feel sorry for that dude. Cause I don't know when the next time he's going to see the light of the day and you know, um, bending to international, pressure is not something japan does really well at all that's not gonna happen so yeah they're gonna come down doubly hard on him so you know my my best wishes to that dude keep your head up man because she's gonna be good i don't know i don't know so all right yeah we got over our podcast Woo! lots of information lots of fire <laughs> by me um again you know sorry sometimes i get a little bit heated but again it, it, i'm not saying please don't take my word for being the the almighty in the all of the subjects that i talked about it's just again my perspective the way i see things um and hopefully giving you another side to make your own conclusions and, and your own decisions 
um, on these issues and life in Japan. That's all I'm here for, right? Just Japan according to Akil, right? So it's my take on these issues. But hopefully it's helpful. Hopefully it's insightful. Let me know what you think, especially you, Rod. Send me, um, send me an email and anyone else, questions for Akil at gmail.com. Tell me what you thought of um, my ramblings. So I'm going to pack this shit up and take my ass to bed. All right, y'all. I'll see you next time. Peace.